This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the biggest winners from NFL Draft Weekend, Sam. Because it's all about recapping the draft. So let's get into it. Who are the biggest winners from draft weekend? Um, I think the single biggest winner to me is the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, When you factor in the A.J. Brown trade, which I think is a fair thing to do, given that it happened, you know, during the draft, they get A.J. Brown, the best receiver in this draft. They get Jordan Davis. They get N'Kobe Dean, who is one of the steals of the entire draft. Um, that is a really nice draft that absolutely materially moves this team uh, forwards on both sides of the ball. And then in the middle, you get a guy like Cam Jurgens, who is your heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, doesn't need to play right away, but is a useful addition as well. I just think the Eagles had pretty much a fantastic draft start to finish. Yeah, I'm going to say it many times throughout the week. Love the Eagles, love what they did. I, I completely agree that they're the biggest winners. And within the Eagles, the other big winner is A.J. Brown because he did get that uh, that nice new contract. Probably was going to get it anyway, but just wasn't in Tennessee. I mean, yeah, I think A.J. Brown is a winner there. I think Devontae Smith is a winner yeah. there because all of a sudden he doesn't need to be that number one alpha. He can... Uh, develop as a clear-cut number two complement to A.J. Brown. Um, Jalen Hurts, you know, is a winner Jalen as Hurts well. Jalen Hurts is All a winner. Sudden, yep. They bring in that missing skill set, the big-bodied the big um, contested catch, run-after-the-catch kind of guy, the missing piece of that Philadelphia uh, receiving core as well. So there's so many winners surrounding the whole Philadelphia Eagles and, and everything about that draft. Uh, those who have already listened to some of our recaps might not, not be surprised that I'll say the Ravens are my big winners. I think they were fantastic as from a process standpoint, from a who they picked standpoint, a couple things that I think really stood out, right? You trade Marquise Brown for a first round pick, covered that quite a bit. You get three years out of them after drafting them in the first round, trade them for an equivalent pick. Great business there. Traded down, still got Tyler Linderbaum. So you probably got two potential starters in Tyler Linderbaum at center, plus Kyle Hamilton in the first round. And then the next two picks for the Ravens, David Ajabo in round two, and then Travis Jones in round three, both of those guys were mocked in the first round quite often. And say what you want about, oh, it was just mock drafts or whatever. We're talking about people, enough people around the NFL believe that those were first round caliber players. Ajabo, of course, has the injury. Travis Jones, he fell for whatever reason. But all right, so you've got four potential starters. We'll see when Ajabo gets back. And then the other part that I thought the Ravens did a great job at, and I think it was highlighted in some article today too, they thought it was a deep draft. We've talked analytically, the draft has a big steep drop off after round four. So they drafted six times in round four. I mean, it was just using the numbers to play to their strengths. And they may have found a couple players there as well, including Daniel Falele, another guy that was mocked to the first round at one point, Jalen Armour Davis, I think could start at corner down the road, Charlie Kohler at, at tight end, Isaiah likely at tight end. They stocked up on positions that they use and with players that could actually see the field. So much to love about the Ravens draft in their entire process. Don't forget the punter. 
punters a starter. The uh, the the fact that they brought in a couple of guys that have well, a lot of guys actually that that fit the mold of players they've had and had success with in the past, like Jalen Armand Davis, Alabama corner. They've obviously got that pipeline from Alabama with Ozzie Newsom, you know, and the connection there, and all the Alabama corners they've had in the past, like Marlon Humphrey, um, Daniel Falele. Baltimore had success getting a behemoth tackle that had abysmal workouts in Orlando Brown Jr., right? They're going to try and repeat the trick with Falele, a guy that barely played football until he was a late teenager, absolute mammoth of a guy, terrible workout numbers. They're going to see if they can do it again. Travis Jones, and they've had, again, extended success with Travis Jones-shaped bodies on the interior, right? Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce. They've had this run of dudes that look a lot like Travis Jones and have been more productive, even as pass rushers, than people think they should be, given the way they look. And Travis Jones has that kind of skill set. So I love the players that Baltimore picked up in those mid-rounds. And as you say, stockpiling those picks in the first place was a smart thing to be doing. Yeah, good job by the Ravens. And I think they, you know, helped a, a roster that had started to have a couple holes in a few spots. I think it was a really good draft for them. Who else do you have for winners, Sam? Um, the Atlanta Falcons. I think pretty much another draft that top to bottom is is pretty outstanding. The Falcons, remember, were one of those teams. People didn't think it was going to happen, but they were a possibility to draft a quarterback in round one, right? The top 10, eight overall. Would they be the team to pull the trigger on a QB there? They didn't do it. They grabbed Drake London, obviously the number one receiver on the board for them, given that he was the first one. Um, but then just from that point on, every pick was a bargain. It was good value at some point. Arnold Ebiketti, the top of the second round. Troy Anderson, uh, later in the second round. Those two guys are fantastic athletes that should help a defense that is badly in need of just an injection of talent across the board. They get the quarterback, Desmond Ritter, in the third round, which is, I think, a great value spot for a guy that legitimately could start for them down the line. They've got Marcus Mariota as a quarterback starting right now. They're in full rebuild mode. Mariota might not be any kind of long-term solution. Ritter's probably going to get a chance to win that job at some point. Um, and then just, you know, working your way down, down the draft, they've gotten great value. They draft the running back in the fifth round. And then by the way, today or yesterday, Mike Davis gets released. So they are putting a pathway for these guys to get on the field. Yeah, Tyler Algier from uh, BYU, one of the guys I, I, I really liked is just a good, solid running back. You get him in round five, all the guys that you mentioned, some juice off the edge, and anytime you could take a shot on a quarterback who at least was rumored to go in the first round, you get him in the third. I, I think overall, good process by the Falcons. With their eight picks, I think they just maximized their eight picks in this particular draft. Right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription. Use the code NFLPOD. You get all of PFF's locked article content, fantasy football rankings, and projections are coming soon. And of course, the data and grades for the entire 2021 season and the upcoming 2022 season. And you get so much more. It's promo code NFLPOD. You get 25% off any subscription. All right, I'm going to think outside the box here for biggest winner, Sam. How about Kenny Pickett? Kenny Pickett's the biggest winner in this draft. You sent me the numbers that, you know, kind of highlighted how much money he made. But I'm just looking at it from an opportunity standpoint. All of a sudden, Kenny Pickett's the only first round. He's the only first two round quarterback in this draft. And he looks like he's just so much better than every quarterback because the Steelers believed in him. They believed in him enough to take him at 20. And he's going to have every opportunity to win that job and be the Steelers quarterback of the future. Yeah, it's it's one of the great what ifs in this draft is what if the Steelers don't take Kenny Pickett 
at 20 overall? How far does he slide, right? Given what we know with the rest of these quarterbacks, because nobody loved this class and most people had them very tightly bunched, right? Whether it was Pickett, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, there wasn't a lot of separation between these guys. So, but there was a huge separation between the draft position. Um, Kenny Pickett, the only round one quarterback, nobody else, like Ritter was the next guy, right? At number 74 or something. So if the Steelers don't take Kenny Pickett in the first round, he probably goes all the way to the Steelers in the second round, which is 52. If they don't take him then, who knows how far he slides. But that difference, like the first round to the second round, that's $5 million for Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett is $5 million better off because the Steelers didn't want to wait and took him in the first instead of the second round. That That's the, that's the dictionary definition of winning on draft day. Oh, yeah. That sounds like a winner to me. My question is, are the Steelers happy with that? Clearly, Kenny Pickett's their number one quarterback. But for them, was it close between Pickett and Ritter and Malik Willis and all the guys? And would they do it over again? Knowing what they know now, would they say, actually, I'd rather have Desmond Ritter in the third and then whatever first round other player I could have gone. I just wonder if Pittsburgh is rethinking their strategy as well. I mean, I think for the sake of their own sanity, they probably aren't going to pick too hard at that particular thread. But, you know, some self-assessment might be making some phone calls and finding out where the rest of the NFL would have taken that guy just for future reference and, you know, putting it in the the data banks for the next time you draft. But yeah, I, I suspect they might not love that answer <laughs> if they dive into that question. Any other winners you want to highlight, Sam? Yeah, Carolina. Um, I think the Panthers put themselves in a horrible position heading into this draft. They had pick number six, and they didn't pick again until pick number 137. And they had, they're maybe the most quarterback needy team in the NFL. So they're looking at a situation where they don't think there's a quarterback worthy of number six. But the next spot to draft one is 137. Uh, it's, It's just a nightmare. They end up Staying the course, I guess. They take Iggy Aquanu, the tackle from NC State with their first pick, a guy that was being talked about as a potential number one overall pick at various points. They get a tackle, and then they have the patience to sit there and watch this quarterback slide from the rest of the group. And eventually, they decide one has come within range. They jump up from 137 to 94, and they end up drafting Matt Corral who, again, was one of these quarterbacks that was talked about at the bottom of the first round. Would he go to Detroit, number 32, whatever. Matt Corral was a potential, one of the top quarterbacks in this class. They get him in the third round, and they've come away with one of the best players in the draft and a quarterback that can potentially start over Sam Darnold. Whether or not, you know, you like Matt Corral, and obviously the league doesn't love him given what just happened to that entire group, it's difficult to write down a scenario where this could have gone better for Carolina. Therefore, they, I think they have to be one of the winners. They got one of the top quarterbacks. They got an option to battle with Sam Darnold. I was going to say Sam Darnold's one of the biggest winners, though, because he's going to go in as the starter, and I don't think they're going to bring someone else in in free agency. If they had not drafted a quarterback, they're probably looking to Baker Mayfield and to whoever else, Jimmy Garoppolo and whoever else is available. No, that's Drew Locke, because Seattle literally didn't add anything. Like, that's Carolina true. at least brought in a guy that can steal Sam Darnold's job. Seattle brought a running back in. Yeah, but Drew Locke, Seattle can still bring in a veteran. Carolina's still probably just going to go with the, you know, third-round rookie. So True. Um, here's the ultimate biggest winner, though, Sam. It's the Los Angeles Rams, because they already used their first-round pick to win a Super Bowl. Does that count? They're the biggest winners. They're no. excited. Plus, they were just drinking, having a grand old time on the first, you know, well, couple true, rounds yeah. of the draft, so... 
the Rams are the biggest winners. Let us know who are your biggest winners. The NFL Draft. BFF NFL Daily.